I found that in order to get full coverage on YouTube, you have to have copyright free music because I'm all about getting that bag. You cannot get monetized. If you have anything that resembles possible copyright infringement. Therefore, I had to change my impro, intro. Hey, y'all, this is 2022, a new year, a new time for podcasting. And I had to get a funky beat to basically express what I want to put out in the atmosphere. And this is Tenfro. I'm back, back, back again. I'm a social critic, thought leader, but I'm more recluse, reclusive than cranky. But I want to read, watch, cook, and just share all things that make me happy. My wish is that this increases the curiosity of the listening audience to come back for more and to share with friends. I want one million unique listeners and downloads. I want creative quality Millie to be known around the world. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. So if you're listening to me on YouTube, click subscribe. Tip a sister. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. And enjoy and get your bop on. Copyright free. just happy to have so much good black news coming um today and i wanted to share it with everyone anyways um full circle uh in black excellence full circle uh everest um is uh predominantly our all black um ascending group of mountaineers that ascended Everest, no loss of life. They're doing the thing. Um, I thought that was awesome. Trenton Shelton, a former, he's a influencer now, but he is now a motivational speaker. Speaker, and he's worth a follow. Uh, his things like tie your worth. When you tie your worth to external things, you actually lose almost every time. He basically did not enter um, the draft after running. I think he played for Texas A&M. Star football player in college. Didn't get taken up as in the draft. Entered in as a free agent. Bounced around to multiple team and cut. Since then, he's made his life more meaningful and has probably reached just as many or even more people with his inspirational message. And I've taken a lot of what he said to heed by protecting my peace um, and not tying my worth to external things. Also, uh, Ernie, what is this guy's name? I'll actually put a picture of it in um, the podcast notes, especially on Podbeam. But um, Ernie Barnes of he also was a former football player. I just found that out today. And what a lead in from my 
previous influencer chat about Black excellence. Um, his Sugar Shack uh, sold recently at Christie's for 15 mil. <coughs> Everybody knows this scene because it's part of the introduction to good times in the 70s. Um, it has been uh, iconic uh, representation of Black uh, nightlife. Um, big ups. Um, our artists it influencers are doing the right thing and making good moves and we can all celebrate with them that is in this part of the episode of black for black excellence so i sit in a relative and actual piece of my home now um in tennessee and just feeling really grateful uh for my ability to be at peace and to do what i can to protect my peace i am very fortunate that i also am learning as much as I possibly can about life and just different stuff. And I'm, even at my age, I'm happy that I'm still finding interest in what some people may think is just mundane, but I have learned. I think of myself as being a forever student, so I still use this podcast as an opportunity to learn new things. And Quark's Bar, I think, which I call my pop culture segment, is just that. I get to read what I want, research what I want, and expand upon it. And my quest to better myself and to learn a, a completely different whole new profession potentially um, to have a different stream of income and also a different stream or line of knowledge I think is very fascinating to me. Um, for a very long time I ran away from where I lived and I was running away from certain family members but Recent events have taught me that I can't run anymore. One, I'm too lazy and I'm too fat. Um, and the thing I was also running away from was fear and not feeling safe. I couldn't, I never felt safe or comfortable enough to be in my own skin where I was born and where I grew up. And now, I started, even in spite of my father's violent death, I now, I have not felt this safe back in Virginia in a very, very long time. And after the events, all of the events of last weekend, um, you ask me that again, I think it really literally is a loaded question, ironically, in the wake of all the gun violence over the previous weekend. And it also trips me out that with all the gun violence and how my father died, um, now I'm strapped. Literally, I'm strapped. Um, and it's because of him. I inherited or my sister allowed me to take remove the guns from his home um, and now they're in my home. Some antique shotguns in an antique gun case, which is crazy, I think, to me. 
my safety. But I've been questioning my safety for all my life. My father's um, descent into addiction caused a rift that lasted way up until his death. And I never fully knew or could trust who he had become or was becoming. His children, quote unquote, that's the, the latest thing. Um, and what that means, I was uh, rudely, but rightly corrected. Um, and I can't cast dispersions on who his children were. There are many of us and only some of us are recognized as far as the divvying up of, of the proceeds of his estate. And the only thing that I'm really annoyed with is the mess that his inability to use a condom correctly has left. Also, we became the targets, his quote unquote children of someone that went to him begging for money and he paid, basically told them to kick rocks um, in no uncertain terms and he was probably gangster with it and he got shot because of his gangsterness. He was an intruder on his peace. But the dude that murdered my father, his punishment is only beginning and I don't have anything to do with that and I can't spend my life reflecting on that. I feel safe finally within my family again. And it took that murderous rampage and some therapy to get me here. And again, I'm too fat and lazy to keep running. So I had to make peace with it if I was going to move on with my life. But the outside threat to my peace is real. Racism, white supremacy, is so deep and ingrained in this country that it makes fully trusting someone who is not black and American almost impossible. And why do I make that distinction? Because non-black white folks from Australia, Germany, even Russia and other parts of Europe have a different perspective and have a whole other reason to hate black and brown people, the least of which is my skin color. This country was founded on white supremacy and misogynistic ideas, which I seriously, also, I want to become a lawyer or attend some law classes so I can understand the basics and what precedents mean and get a better understanding how you can even remember all of those cases and millions of cases. One, how freely accessible laws are. And then two, how it can be interpreted and you can have a valid opinion, but it doesn't really represent the whole of the population you are supposed to represent. And I say all of this it because an 18 year old took it upon himself to get twisted up in the replacement theory that 
white people are being replaced in this country and he had to stop us. He hated black people that much. He hopped in his, his community college ass in a, his parents' car, drove to a place that was teeming with black folks to terrorize them. Body armor, multiple illegal uh, repeating guns, rifles, and tried to kill as many black people as he possibly can. He was so consumed by hatred that he really firmly believed that his exist his mediocre is existence had to be protected at all costs. And never would have occurred to him that why don't you just work as hard as you possibly can to become an upstanding citizen, um, get an associate's degree and get some training and you can battle it out. Not just because you're white, just because you just want to be a good human. How about that? And not going down in history as some goofy, mediocre, skinny ass white boy that bought a gun to no fight because nobody asked you to do that. We do have the power to become great, but we have so many divisive and stupid forces working against us and working to tear us apart. The least of which at the top is this white supremacy crap, racism, health disparity, radicalism, radicalism from a either conservative or very liberal and this sovereign citizen insanity all perversions of the whole it is so hard living in a society where it's okay for people like Tucker Carlson and the Candace Owens of it all and other fanatics on discord that they have a voice just because you can say it doesn't mean you can you should say it and what are you doing not to be mediocre. But I guess if it pays to be mediocre and radical, your people are gonna continue to do it when it's not in a financial best interest and you start really hitting people in the pockets consistently, they will pipe down. I remember, and also what is acceptable is it okay for in a polite society to say these raggedy things? And it also explains why I still have some fear now that I have, I don't have a fear of going like being in my family anymore. My thing is now I am forced to go outside. What other fears do I have? And I don't feel necessary that I still have to be around a group of people because number one, I can blame it on the Rona, but also what about just making friends after 30 and having to be around and having to still operate in society, in a society that potentially hates me. There's an episode of the Golden Girls where Rose was trying to force and succeeded in bullying a coworker into being her friend. He had to reverse psychology her. If she were truly his friend, she would respect his wishes to stay away. And I may have to tell people that because I don't 
I don't feel safe around, not around all people for many of varied reasons. But if you really want to respect me as a friend, you're going to need to back up. And is it, are the differences so wide between us that truly after 30, if I haven't made friends with you, I don't know if those differences at this stage in my life are truly surmountable because I don't really need that connection because I have connections to other people. And so making other connections when I really don't want that connection, it does, it blows my mind that I have to be forced into connection with people I don't really trust. And that's what I'm going to be reflecting on and dealing with because there's a whole bunch of people I really don't trust. And it goes back and I keep um, bouncing this around. I know nobody cares if I become an expatriate, but I'm really looking at Barbados and other Western African countries. And Ghana and Barbados are both blackety black. We were stolen and colonized. Now we rule it. Or we, or I could split my time between the two if I were balling like that. That's one of the things that keeps me playing Publishers Clearinghouse, I think, or keep watching it because if I did get that level of bank, then I really could really invest in my show and take it on the road. Black girl finds herself, Tim Fro finds herself on the road to going somewhere. I'm not, instead of just reading about these places, I'm actually going to be in these places on my private jet because I can't fly commercial because of COVID. And I'm bougie like that. And also, what is my legacy? What I want to find out and learn to continue to build it and what is going to outlast my life in the next life. I can do to help it and make what I can do to help and make the greatest impact on this world. Can I do it here? I've thought my legacy was supposed to be in healthcare IT, but I burned a whole bunch of bridges and I educationally maxed out. Nobody is going to pay or would want to pay what I would be worth with this many letters after my name. And now I'm pivoting again along a whole other high potential high income earning bracket path. And I think I'm ready for it. I can care and still be empathetic, but I don't have to carry the torment and the turmoil to be empathetic because you can be consumed and you won't live either. You can't expect to be a psychological crab on people holding them back from moving on in the healing in their own way. This savior mentality is not necessary. We got, somebody is already carrying those type of uh, burdens for our soul. We don't have to pick up. It is not our job to do that. 
And you can't expect people to do that just because you will work yourself to the bone and give your last and 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 work and be, get beat down doesn't mean that you can expect every and should expect everybody to do that. Are you ready for your legacy and what God or your next steps are? What are you doing to create that legacy? Is it going to be a legacy of pain and distrust and turmoil? Or is it going to be of solid, solid and tranquilness and um, enrichment? Are you ready to accept that? And if you are, then let's go. If you're not, carry. I mean, carry on, get to stepping, get out of my face. Because girl, ain't nobody got time for that. So more on Quark's Bar and popular culture. I am just rounding up my television watching this wonderful um, Sunday afternoon. My dog and I have been just eating and taking turns napping. Um, I wanted to add that I had the opportunity to go to Frazier's Five and Dime, a new restaurant with American Fare that has opened up in the North Shore. Yes, I am pouring a cocktail because that's what we do in Chattanooga. And it is after five o'clock, so assuming. And taking a sip of said drink. But I, if you navigate to my Instagram feed, you'll see that I shared pictures of some of the best food I've had in a very long time. In a long time, I, I've been commenting on this multiple time that I have never said in my life, please pass the beats until I went to Frasier Five and Dime. They have this dish of sugar beets that's topped with pine and corn nuts, and it is absolutely fabulous. It is a party in your mouth, and if you get the chance, go. It's where, in the North Shore, is where the Beast and Barrel used to be across the road on Frasier from my Walgreens, and it does not disappoint. Um... I have decided that Ciroc Berry and what do I oh and Snapple Apple is also a boogie in your mouth too, y'all. You gotta check it out. My aunt tipped me to that. I have watched some of the coolest things um, on TV since I listened to on Audible both Viola Davis and Jennifer Lewis's uh, biographies or memoirs, I've basically been following their shows. I still cannot stand the fact that Viola Davis is pursing her lips for no damn reason. I can't believe I'm six episodes in and nobody told her that shit looks stupid. But it it really blows my mind that it takes away from her performance because we are, I'm focused in on her mouth. 
Thank you, Demetria L. Lucas, for pointing this crap out to me because I just, it just makes me, it just annoys the tar out of me. And it also takes away from the facts of what I lived through. There was so much progress that we made during the eight years and how President Obama's administration was fraught. And it was just shocking that we were able to have as many advances as we actually had. Because for once, America was put on blast and became what it really should be. But there were so many things in the background that kept us from becoming what we, where we were supposed to be. What I also was floored about was, I didn't know, I thought the rumors of Eleanor Roosevelt having a lesbian relationship with a news reporter was just rumor, but uh, evidently Hoover had the receipts. And FDR, I don't know if he was just such a punk, he basically must have blamed himself from the affection because remember, she cut him off when she found out he had had a very long affair with her secretary. So she ended up seeking affection and evidently sexual gratification from another female and he was cool with it and, and told J. Edgar Hoover to destroy the tapes, girl. I don't know if that is just a weakness or his guilt in what he put her through all those years early on in her marriage. I also am annoyed that if she had run for office, America was not ready for that and they would have assassinated her uh, because why she, woman, black woman or not, should not be, they would have destroyed her in one way or another. Also, I didn't know that Betty Ford and her daughter were such badasses. And if the Equal Rights Amendment had been ratified, that we wouldn't be having this discussion uh, about the repealing of Roe v. Wade. I didn't know that Cheney and Rumsfeld were dicks for four, 20, 30 years before they basically came, they re-emerged um, in politics and basically they never went away because these white men like those never go away. They're like roaches. They wait for the lights to be turned off and then they do their dirt and lay out their poison and disease and then when lights come back on they scatter that made me sick for her i had no idea the ramifications of the equal rights amendment not being ratified is where we are today and betty ford actually i don't know unwittingly or unwittingly was on the forefront of all of that and she was drunk as hell and hot too, girl. She was sipping on martinis, but trying to do policy. I ain't mad at her. If you had to go through the bullshit that she had to go through in her life, I guess I would have to have a drink too. Mm. 
And I love that for you, starring Jennifer Lewis. Um, it's also enjoyable. I'm trying to understand the character Joanna, that big gum girl who's just awkward. Her and Jordan, the black dudes, um, the who I think he's a PA or showrunner, and he their unlikely relationship, but they're vibing. And also, come to find out that Jennifer Lewis, if you've listened to or read her memoir, talked about her sex addiction. Her character, Patricia, I can't remember her last name, or Pat, she is living her life as CEO of a shopping network, home shopping network equivalent by bullying and she is obviously mentally unstable um but she's also screwing everybody that she wants to and one of their her things is they're lying about the big gum girl joanna's cancer coming back because she her having this show is her life dream because when she was little, she had ALL or leukemia and how she got through chemo and before she went to remission, she used to watch this home shopping network equivalent. Now her working for Patricia and with the Molly girl, um, it, it just blows her mind, but they're using her cancer not to raise money for cancer research and in support of cancer um, support. They're using, they're only donating about 5% of the proceeds from anybody that buys her stuff um, donated to them, but they are taking the profits because they realize when people find out about her battle with cancer, they donate. One of the thing, one of the um, the uh, charities that they are have partnered with has a mobile mammogram unit, and I guess while Patricia, the CEO, was getting busy with the mammogram tech, she intermittently had a mammogram. Come to find out, she ended up having they found a spot on a mammogram had a biopsy and it came back positive for cancer. So she's only revealed this to Big Gum, Joanna girl, and she's basically sworn her to secrecy because she said she's telling about she kill her. So the Patricia character actually has cancer. The Patricia character actually has cancer and the her uh, host from her, one of her shows, Really, her cancer's in remission, and so they're deadlocked in this unlikely relationship. It's becoming interesting, and it seems like the um, critics are is being well received. I don't know what the numbers are. Let's just take a quick look. Uh, it's being well received by the critics, but what numbers um, is it doing? So, how I research this. How many viewers are there for I love that for you on, what is it, Prime, oops, Prime 
video. Let's see. 503 people have voted for it on IMBD. And several reviews. It doesn't really say. And I'm wondering what, where I need to look to actually get those numbers. I want... Actually, they said it is inspired. Is it a true story? Okay, is it a true story? It is a true story. It's actually based on um, somebody's life history. It's partially based on a true story. Is that my... Wait a minute. And... Vanessa Bear. So, Big Gum Girl Vanessa Bear is partially um, based on um, her life story. I didn't know that. All I know is she is awkward as crap and I wish that I could see more of Jennifer Lewis because her awkwardness is very distracting but I actually like the show um and I'm also have binge watched not only the season premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars which is the all the legend series with Raja and Monet Exchange and Shay Coulee. I'm just blown away. I've watched it multiple times and I've restarted watching um, season nine where Shay Coulee got her face cracked by uh, uh, Sasha Velour with that freaking wig and the, the, the um, roses under the wig. I thought that season was shady. Uh, season 10. Mm, is also very shady. And I'm going to have to pause here and I'll come back with a whole uh, breakdown on um, what is it? What uh, 90 Day Fiance, not just the diaries, because I think I need to see or I want to see um, the. Uh, reaction to the tell-all because I think that doesn't come on until tomorrow but I really think that this again this season of 90 Day Fiance is going on record as the season where you want to punch every American in the face because they stupid and also some of the immigrants some of them need to be punched in the face and sent back to their countries too. Or just run away and get a green card another way. Because girl, it ain't worth it. And you in danger. Like Molly. So I am continuing watching Trash TV and I have come to the conclusion that the Americans on, again, increasingly on 90 Day Fiance, it are just so 
mediocre and they just scream. They just, it just seems like TLC went to the greatest depth to get the messiest people on this show. I want to tell all these potential immigrants, run. The girl in Charlottesville with Guillermo, she gets on my nerves. Emily in Kansas also, and Belial both get on my nerves. Um, this fool in Austin, he's a lunkhead, his brother's a lunkhead, and that girl who lied to her father anyways needs to go run screaming back to Brazil. It is crazy to me that any of these people would give up their own country to come here and without any support. And why do that? It makes for great trash TV, but as far as safety and security of these new people here, it just seems to me um, to be a moot point, if that, or it doesn't create um, stable citizens because these people are not stable. They're not going to have the support. Um, and they're going to places where there is no representation of their people where wherever they are, or they just don't know where they are. And I find that pretty dismaying. So I'm still hate watching 90 Day Fiance, but I am also being entertained by other things. I love this. I'm taping or recording this uh, portion of the podcast um, next to my uh, patio door, the backdrop of, um, of a soft rain. And I really wish this is all I had to do every single day. I also listen to, and I haven't in a minute, but I also listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. And his wife and Karen and Rod from Charlotte, they, this is all they do. They have this podcast. He was actually in the writer's room on an HBO show, uh, a sports satire show. Um, and if I could have a combination of those multiple streams and still make as much as I do in my day job, I would be amazed and I would be so happy because I am happy when I do the podcast. I'm very happy when I get to read. Um, it's Monday morning and Sunday. Um, I took my time between naps reading the New York times and I'm, I got the New York Times book review and I've added um, several books or will be adding several books to Chatterbooks, my online bookstore. Um, one of the sections that I just wanted to mention, because I think I talked about it in a previous podcast about um, the Haitian Revolution. And I did not know that for decades, over a century, they... The French government forced the newly freed Haitian government to pay them over a hundred million francs uh, because they fought 
and got and won their freedom. They came back multiple times with warships. The Haitian government had built several forts just in case to repel the French. They basically forced them to this ransom and then uh, into loans that they defaulted upon, um, increasing and ballooning out their debt to $540 million in today's money, which is an absurd amount of money when slavery is wrong. I started ref- I start out talking about that because I started reflecting that French France and French culture has been like the baseline in what Western civilization, white Western civilization has based um, their taste, etc on. But there's some undercover mess that France has done some dirt that's just now coming to light like centuries later, that Haitian debacle. Um, The book review also reveals a part of French culture that most people don't want to talk about. Um, Reckoning with incest, a a high-profile lawyer uh, talks about it within her family, how her brother was molested by her stepfather for a number of years and how it was widely known and covered up in her family. This is a book by Camille Koshner, The Familiar Ground, uh, 214 pages by the other press. I'm sure it's going to end up on people's ban list, so it'll be under um, my memoir section as well as the ban book section. I don't think there are any uh, untoward uh, pictures or drawings, etc. But just the talking about incest could make people uncomfortable and people would prefer not to be uncomfortable. So they would ban it from the rest of everybody reading it. So um, take a look at that. Also, Exile on Bourbon Street. There's, they call them the mutinous women, how French convicts became founding mothers of the Gulf Coast. It talks about several different women even the femme fatale uh, who became the uh, basis of uh, operas by Puccini were convicted of minor crimes over in France um, because they were too poor or widowed or orphaned and they were shipped over to New Orleans or and the rest of the Gulf Coast um, as, I guess, male order brides or to continue into servitude here. There's only one that actually went back um, after she was a prisoner uh, in the, the, for the, she was a prisoner with the Natchez and the Choctaw Nation, and then she gets liberated and then she goes back to France with her uh, Royal Navy husband. That is mutinous women that deserve itself deserves a read, as well as amazing grace. Um, uh, I read about this one by Tara Stringfellow, Memphis. It's about three generations of African American women, and from like their childhood 
It's a series of flashbacks, which I think, and it all takes place um, in Memphis. It's basically dispersed with a lot of historical uh, great things that happened in Memphis. Like the they were there before Martin Luther King was assassinated. What drew him there was two sanitation workers being um, uh, crushed in a trash compactor. One of the heroine's uh, aunts was a nurse. Um, she saw their bodies, and that is what drew Martin Luther King to Memphis, only to become assassinated, of the sanitation workers' strike, only to be assassinated on the balcony of the Lorraine Hotel. So she interweaves with a series of flashback um, historical events in this historically black um, city of Memphis, Tennessee. And you knew I was going to be drawn to that because number one, the author is African-American and two, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I'm always very fascinated about our contributions to the history and literature of the South here. So that is going to be a great read. It's going to be under my written by us for us but read by everybody section so um check it out and this is my end to really <laughs> the whole reason for my podcast what is tim fro reading she's reading a lot and i hope you enjoyed this portion So that's how we're going to end this episode. And I'm going to end it with a a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is, all, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm going to try to be kind to myself I'll be kind to others. It's very simple, and you got to repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others, and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you and and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for notes on this podcast, as well as other works by CQM in, um, that are, and other contributors that are in work or in um, being edited right now. Um, also, check out my Instagram feed, Tenfro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writer's Block Coffee 
or shipabagaddicts.com. Use my promo code 10FROCOFFEE or 10FROGOTJOKES respectively to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at tenfrowisreading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolling messages may be actually uh, read online, and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye.